He's got room now. It's Leo Messi. 1 1. Now the touch to drop a brilliant forward. Welcome to the first episode of the Sports Freaks podcast with me Daniel Majani and me Kelvin Mwangi. So here's what's lined up for the show. The Ballon d'Or winner, the Premier League uh, review and the FA Cup draw that was just meant the other day. So let's go to the Ballon d'Or winner Lionel Messi for the 2019 Ballon d'Or. He was voted as the overall winner. What's your take on that? Okay, I was I was actually very excited uh, at the beginning because as of now Messi now holds the record as the most the win of the most Ballon d'Ors actually. So with six, he's now one ahead of Ronaldo, and oh. it, and it's actually funny that he said the other day that. He, when when Ronaldo equaled his his record for five Ballon d'Ors, he was he felt actually sad. So I think that also portrays how competitive that guy is and how he has always been wanting to get just that one extra uh, Ballon d'Or. But okay, let's not forget that it was also very very controversial because a lot of people are thinking and uh, are saying that the award was not merit based because. Their argument is that Lionel Messi wasn't able to to win uh, the Champions League because a lot of people think that the big ears is what like supposed to entail the winner of the Ballon d'Or. So, what do you actually feel about that? Do you feel like Van Dijk was robbed, and also a lot of people are actually saying that Mane was also robbed because there is no way Ronaldo was supposed to finish ahead of Mane because Mane was ranked at the fourth position while Ronaldo was given the third position. Uh absolutely Van Dijk was robbed. If Modric could win this then I think Van Dijk should win this. Yeah. Uh Modric won it because he had the World Cup and also he had the Champions League with Real Madrid but but Modric didn't win the World Cup. It was only a runners up. Yeah, the same thing with Van Dijk. He went to the runners-up of the European Nationals League, uh-huh. but won the Champions League, which is the biggest prize in Europe. Mm-hmm. And its word has been used to rank the best in the Ballon d'Or. Mm-hmm. And for Mane, I feel sad for him. It's true... Ronaldo didn't deserve any spot, but let's not forget Ronaldo helped Portugal the same same year to win the Nations League and also the the Syria of which Syria is just a Juventus thing. Another day in the office for Juventus. Yeah. Yes, I actually feel like for Messi, I, I actually feel like Messi deserves the Ballon d'Or because of his achievements, of his personal achievements as a person. Yes, we can say that Barcelona were not able to get the the big years, uh, especially because they were eliminated that night at Anfield. But what makes me think that Messi deserves this Ballon d'Or more than Van Dijk is because 
for Van Dyke, Liverpool was more of a team effort than a personal effort because I think that most of the people on that Liverpool squad were able to put in the same shift. Talk about Salah, talk about Mane. Both of these guys, together with Firmino, both of them, uh, the, the three of them were able to score almost the same amount of goals for Liverpool. So I feel like giving Van Dijk the Ballon d'Or coming from Liverpool, it wouldn't be good for me because I feel like Mane, Firmino and Salah and even Fabinho was able to put in the same shift and the same the same effort uh, at the end of the day. So for for Messi to win the Ballon d'Or, I think it's 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 very amazing for me. And uh, okay, maybe let's hope maybe Van Dijk will be able to to win it next year because uh, as we speak right now, Liverpool are doing very well in the league, and also their campaign to retain the Champions League also looks very positive for them at the moment. So let's wait for next year. I beg to differ with that because in 2006, mm-hmm. Fabio Cannavaro won the Ballon d'Or mm-hmm. and maybe the only defender to do that in history. Yeah. And not because he scored a lot of goals, because as we know, football is not just attack minded. It also comes to the defense. If you're so good in defense, then yeah, you deserve it because like no one dribbled past Van Dyke in the current year yeah. in the Premier League. That's mm-hmm. an achievement for him. And Liverpool have been good with Suarez and Sturridge and Sterling. There was a perfect trio in the front line, but defensively, they've always lacked a leader, and that's where Van Dijk comes in. And you can see from his man-marking to his contribution in some goals. He also scored some goals in the Champions League and also in the Premier League. So I think to be fair enough, Van Dijk was robbed. That's my take <laughs> on that. But also don't forget that, for for example, with Van Dijk, Alisson has also been very good. So when you speak of the defensive shift, we shouldn't just speak of Van Dijk alone because Van Dijk has been doing pretty much well. Fabinho... Actually, Fabinho is the unsung hero at that club because I feel like ever since Fabinho started getting those minutes, he protects the back four way much better than it was. Not to take anything away from Van Dijk, but I also feel like on a defensive perspective for Liverpool, it's between Fabinho, Van Dijk and Alisson. And also to come back to your point, don't forget Fabio Cannavaro had actually won the World Cup that year. So I think it's outrageous to com- to go to even think of comparing the world cup and the uefa champions league but all in all i think it was a very good year for liverpool i think liverpool did exceptionally well keeping in mind that in the top 10 ballon d'or list i think they had uh, four four players if i'm not wrong so i think that's that's very good because they they've also uh, they are also putting the english football on the european map I think to end this discussion on whether it was fair enough or not fair enough, uh, just to remind you in the 2018 uh, World Cup, Varane won the World Cup. He won the Champions League, but no Ballon d'Or for him. Yeah, yeah. I actually feel like 
for the 2018 Ballon d'Or, it was actually one of those awards that I wasn't very happy about because I feel like actually for me Modric went from being the most underrated footballer in the world to becoming the over the most overrated footballer in the world in a span of a month because I I think like the World Cup actually puts Modric up there not to say that he wasn't the best midfielder around but uh, his performance with Croatia made people actually realize that this guy is is very good but at the end of the day I think giving him the Ballon d'Or wasn't the best of decision keeping in mind that it was a World Cup year and also Varane had a very good year actually winning the UEFA Champions League winning the World Cup and also he also won the I think the the Super Cup as well at the beginning of the of the season so I also I can also agree with you on that yeah as a big big Cristiano fan <laughs> Ronaldo was robbed okay <laughs> I think at the end, uh, for the for the for the last year Ballon d'Or Yeah 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 that, that I completely agree because Ronaldo had a very 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 good uh, year at last year so I think we can we can agree on that so on to our next topic I think we also have to discuss the moment of the weekend of course uh, game week 14 was a, was a very crazy week uh, all over Europe uh, especially in the Premier League So uh, I think it's it's much fair for both of us at least to have that moment of the weekend that absolutely owed you and made made you feel like you know what this 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 Premier League is just one crazy league. So to start with you Kelvin, so what do you think like was what was your standout moment for the weekend? Uh there were a couple of moments okay. but the one that stood out most to me was the Jonjo Shelby's equalizer at almost the last few minutes. Wow, that was a screamer. Against Man City. Uh-huh. I knew City had won this after De Bruyne scored it, but all of a sudden the title is the title race is getting hotter because Liverpool ju- were just waiting for any slip from Man City. Mm-hmm. Now so happy for that. I actually by the, that that moment was actually very very good because I think the fans at the St James Park were treated to a, a ghost galore and not taking away anything from the KDB strike it was also a very 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 good goal I think both of them actually will be contender of goal of the month if if not goal of the season even and I think the season is actually very very crazy because keeping in mind that all the big clubs are actually conceding goals because clean sheets are very 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 rare commodity nowadays in this season so my moment of the weekend actually it comes from the king power stadium i think leicester absolutely owed me this weekend they had a very a very very good game and brendan rogers just showed us once again how a tactical man he is i think brendan rogers is a very 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 good manager and He's actually been underrated for such a long time and I'm actually very happy that after being sacked he stood up put his chin up went to Scotland did his thing in with with Celtic won the season unbeaten and now he comes back again to the Premier League and is proving how he's a very good tactician because the game was actually not working out for them he brings in Ianacho he comes into the match changes the dynamics of the game gets a goal grabs an assist and i think 
after seeing those celebrations by the Leicester players, I think at the end of the day, those guys, I actually had a feeling of what they did with with the other manager, Claudio Ranieri, because the stadium was very happy. And I think that has to be my moment of the weekend because it has actually put Leicester up there like... I think it can be too early to call them the Premier League contenders, but I also feel like those are the kind of performances that wins your title. Maybe we can be having another Premier League uh, reminder of what happened with Ranieri. Oh, this the season. fairy tale? Yeah, the fairy tale. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, for me, when we go to the Kings uh, Stadium, it comes back to Jamie Vardy. I think no one can stop Vardy. Yeah. Yeah, Vardy is just a beast. He's just the next superstar, just underrated. But everyone knows Vardy's capabilities mm-hmm. and he shows it week after week. And I don't expect it to stop his instrumental in that Leicester team. Mm-hmm. Though the team collectively is playing well, there's no like an individual performer. So... For me, I will call Leicester a serious contender. People might underrate it. Yeah, yeah. It's not too soon. Ah, not too soon. Uh, I think uh, I have to agree with you on the on the Vardy part. Vardy has been absolutely wonderful ever since Brendan Rodgers came in. Because let's not forget that uh, with the former manager Claude Puel, Vardy was actually not. He was hit and miss off and on kind of season. But ever since Brendan has come, that spark that makes us know this is the real Vardy is absolutely back. Vardy is doing very well. I think in 2019 alone, he has scored 25 goals. I think only three players that has to be Messi, Lewandowski, and one other that I can remember that are the only guys who have been able to score. I think it's Salah that that they are the only guys who have been able to score more than more goals than Vardy. And I think Vardy will be very instrumental for Leicester going forward. And I think it's also, as much as you're saying, it's not easy to pinpoint someone. I think I have to say that Wilfred Dindi is having a phenomenal season at Leicester because he's been able to come in and fit in those Golokante's shoes absolutely well because a lot of people actually believed that no one could replace Ngolokanti at that Leicester, Leicester midfield. And I actually have to hail the guys who are in charge of getting the transfers done because I feel like Wilfred Dindi is also doing a perfect job protecting that back line. It's actually doing a very good job that you can't even realize that they sold Maguire to Manchester United. Oh, what a flop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Maguire is actually, is actually doing well. But uh, he came to a Manchester United defense that was not very good. And let's not forget that Manchester United also don't have a proper defensive midfielder. So I think that United backline gets exposed over and over again. So I think until United get to purchase a good defensive midfielder, maybe in January or when the season ends, it will be very, very hard for us to know who the real Maguire is. Uh, thank you, but I still feel is overpriced. That <laughs> that will remain in the hearts of the other clubs' fans. Uh-huh. That he's overpriced. Uh-huh. But let's shift to the EPL title race. Wow, 
I think this season will as 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 much as we are seeing the league right now it will be very difficult to say that there's an outright contender keeping in mind the kind of margin that Liverpool are having at the table right now so the title race has been very very crazy this season so far Liverpool are actually showing that they are into they are right they are in real business this season i think it will be very hard to get them or uh, out on of that uh, of that table currently actually they are they are ahead with eight points i think eight points ahead of manchester city and and they have a game in hand so should Leicester uh, get a win uh, tonight maybe then they can maybe reduce that to another eight points but i think it's very tricky keeping in mind that i feel man city are not at their best so far this season uh, so but you know you can't you can't you can never uh, take manchester city out of the title race despite them have uh, being maybe number 3 at the moment because leicester are yet to play and how leicester are playing i don't see them losing anytime soon so i think it will be very crazy title race Yeah for me I think Liverpool have the upper hand and they are feeling confident at the moment they are top of the table like you said 8 points clear of the second who are Man City and Leicester and they still have a game in hand against they have a game in hand one one game just before Liverpool before Man City I mean but the problem is their consistency when it comes to the end of the league last season we saw them lose with a 7 point lead yeah yeah and it was very frustrating for me mm-hmm. uh honestly I didn't want Guardiola to come back and try to reclaim the premier league for a second season in a row but it happened so i don't put man city or leicester mm-hmm. off the of this title race because mm-hmm. i know consistency is key and liverpool haven't ha- had a lot of injuries maybe only for salah but mm-hmm. they've had people who can complement goals and again This season they are not running riot from the front they just have ugly wins you know yeah yeah when you are title uh, title contenders like serious title contenders you tend to have those ugly wins where you win to one one nil and you just go for the three points and that's what liverpool is all about yeah and speaking of consistency i think liverpool's Demina will be very tested during this very busy schedule of the Christmas uh, period because they'll be having they'll have to play 11 games in 40 days and I think that will be the testing point for Liverpool because I think winning all those games will be very hard we've been seeing Salah has not been the best of himself ever since coming from that from that uh, knock I think uh, before the just before the international break is he's not uh, at his very best so i think maybe the games are taking a toll on uh, this liverpool squad so i have to say that if liverpool will be able to 
maintain a good run and a good streak during this Christmas period. Then come January, I think uh, I'll put them uh, up there as serious title contenders because, as we know, this Liverpool side, I think Manchester City have more of the winning mentality than them. So should they get themselves maybe under pressure to perform? I think maybe Liverpool, uh, Man City can work in one way or another maybe to just curb, curb those points. And you never know, maybe by January even maybe the eight points could be reduced to... Four points even, so we have a long, we have a long, long time again. So just 15 games played, I, th- I think 23 more games to go. So I think there's a long, long way to go. Uh, uh, on lesser, lesser, very serious contenders, as I said, because they've conceded the least goals in the Premier League. Wow. Nine goals, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Looking at the defense, without Liverpool could concede the least goals, but they've conceded way more goals than Leicester, and Leicester has scored even a goal more than Liverpool. So you can see Leicester's consistency in all keys from defense and attack. Yeah, it's a good show for a serious contender. Mm-hmm. And also, I can't put off Chelsea. They are. Way back, like 14 points behind Liverpool. But as you said, the league is crazy. Mm-hmm. And you never know when a team slips. I hope Liverpool doesn't slip to all that difference of 14 points for Chelsea to win the league. Mm-hmm. It seems impossible at the moment. But yeah, anything happens in the Premier League. Yeah, no, but I think it's actually impossible for Chelsea to win the league because, first of all, I don't think <laughs> I don't think they'll be able to curb those 14 points and get to Liverpool at the moment. And I also think that this is just uh, an experimental season for Lampard because he's just come in, he's working on his way around. Chelsea are actually just coming from a transfer ban where they cannot be able to sign people at the moment, I think, until the, the next uh, summer transfer window. So I think that's that's actually what's working on Lampard's uh, benefit because at the moment Lampard doesn't have any pressure at all to perform because people know that he's got to work with kids. And actually I have to say that he's doing a very good job with those kids. Abraham banging in goals uh, like like jokes and and Mason Mount has really has really become good. I, I can't I can't also Uh, go without mentioning Tomori is is actually not uh, acting like a, a rookie defender because I think he's he's very good actually at the moment and I think once Rudiger gets fully fit and gets back to that defense because I feel like Katsuma has to be the weak link uh, at the uh, at the defense at the moment and I think once Rudiger comes back in Tomori will be able to have a very good partner who he will be able to learn a lot from uh, that will help him in the near future. So at the moment, I feel like maybe Leicester can be able to squeeze in in the title race at the end of the moment. I hope uh, Man City and Liverpool will not be able to box them out. But for Chelsea, I think what Lampard should actually be concentrating in right now is just uh, putting in the performance uh, every week mentoring those kids to to do well and just to qualify for the top four but i don't think i can rate chelsea as 
title contenders at the moment. Uh, let's shift to the top four race. Mm-hmm. So we see Chelsea at number four mm-hmm. with 26 points. Then there's Crystal Palace with 20, uh, 21 points and Tottenham are sixth there with 20 points. Wolves are seventh with 20 points. Sheffield eighth with 19 points. So we are wondering where Arsenal <laughs> and Manchester United are, who are the real top four contenders. Yeah. Feel like Crystal Palace will eventually drop points and Wolves will drop some points also, but what's your take on the top four? I yes. actually I actually feel like the top four, I call it like the the battle of the jokers because This group of people that is Tottenham Hotspur, Arsenal and Manchester United and also Chelsea at some extent are not at their best at the moment and I feel it's not very good for the for the clubs especially for the fans who always have very high expectations for the clubs at the end or at the start of every season and I feel like uh, shouldn't they know maybe sooner or later even the likes of Wolves will be replacing them there because i think it's very shaming for manchester united for the likes of manchester united and arsenal to have teams like crystal palace and wolves and sheffield united being on top of them at the moment because it's actually very it's actually very shameful keeping in mind like for a club like manchester united their wage bill alone can be able to to pay the whole of of Sheffield United and we're speaking about the wage bill of single players for the likes of Pogba the likes of Mesut Ozil the likes of Aubameyang and I feel like where Arsenal and Manchester United don't have any reason to be losing at the moment because as much as they have rocky times here and there there's no way you can tell me that Sheffield United have a better squad than Manchester United. So I feel like it's high time for the for the for these clubs to be serious at the moment because if they don't I at the moment I think even Manchester United are not even sure if they can qualify for the Europa League next season. Wow, wow, wow. And that's wow. and that's not very good for the club. Uh for me we saw Tottenham with their new manager they've won 3-3, they've mm-hmm. won two in the Premier League and one in the Champions League that's a good show of resurrection mm-hmm. and Arsenal they just sacked their good evening manager <laughs> a week ago yeah. Unai Emery is gone and they have a new manager who's Lombard their former player but uh the same same Arsenal problems I think uh they drew it was an easy draw and May they thank Bernard Leno. I'm so sad being a national fan in this era. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Manchester United, they still have their coach on. We don't know for how long because they're just inconsistent. They, we saw them losing the Europa League and they've also drawn against Villa. It was a very tight game and Jack Grealish... What Can't a forget, goal, what a goal. What a goal from Grealish. It made the gear just look at the ball. 
Yeah. So being three points adrift from Crystal Palace, which is fifth, that's for Manchester, and two points adrift for Arsenal from Crystal Palace. I feel they can catch up, but remembering Chelsea's eight points clear and seven points to Arsenal, then it gets tricky to know whether they'll join the top forest, but anything happens in the Premier League. But I don't I don't think in any time in any world that Arsenal and Manchester United will be able to finish in the top four. I can give Tottenham the benefit of doubt because of the of the of signing uh, Mourinho. We know Mourinho is always a winner, but I think for for clubs like Spurs and Arsenal and Manchester United, the problem just goes beyond the manager. Because if you keep in mind, Arsenal just put in the same performance under Unai Emery with their new manager, Freddie Lumberg at the Emirates. And I think it's it's very distressful for their fans because you can't have defenders uh, for the likes of, for the clubs like Arsenal playing very, very poor football. Poor marking from the likes of Mustafi. Wow, wow, wow. They, don't they, mention Mustafi. <laughs> they just a clown. They just don't know where to be, at what moment, at what moment of the game should they mark, at what moment of the game should they put the, the offside trap. So, I think for clubs like Spurs, for clubs like Manchester United, have to really pull up their socks, especially Manchester United, where... I don't see them getting any result at the moment. They are 10th at the moment. They 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 are playing Spurs tonight. I don't see them winning that game. They are having a derby on the weekend versus the noisy neighbors. I don't see them winning that game again. And it gives me the question that what's the Manchester United board waiting for? Maybe to to sack Ole because Mourinho wasn't give wasn't given the same time that always being given at the moment it's i think it's very shameful for a club like manchester united to have four wins in four months and they are not even they have not been able to win any game in december so i think that's that's very shameful ah i know how frustrated it can be for you especially being a man united fan <laughs> i know you've always been very consistent because ferguson made you cheer every week yeah. and since then there's no cheering anymore Mourinho at least tried his best and got you guys a Europa League but you know it's not satisfying being on Manchester United at the moment absolutely so, true I will cap that off by saying uh, I just had Manu are sending their lawyers to try and stop the Manu versus Man City game <laughs> They feel it won't be fair yeah. while drawing with teams like Aston Villa who they've beaten mercilessly mm-hmm. before now. They feel like Man City will run them. Remember Man City is just ran Chelsea down last season like 6-0 so they send their lawyers now to try and stop that game. I think for Manchester United they just have uh, to manage the game on the weekend just try to keep the results as respectable as they can <laughs> yeah because yeah, uh, because 
if they fail to do that man city can run riot but also let's not forget that despite ole putting in a putting in a string of very poor performances he's also been performing very well versus the top 6 manchester united is yet to lose versus any top 6 side this season so should that lady luck be present again tonight versus spurs and on the weekend versus manchester city i think the they can be maybe i think the best united can get in these two games is two points and i think that will be also very good for ole because it will extend its his stay but at, by at least a week or so maybe so i think it's 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 very it's very tight but let's wait and see uh let's let's sh- uh, jump shift to the la liga yeah where i think barcelona top of the league now I'm not I'm not actually surprised that Barcelona at the top of the league of the season it was ex, it was expected from the word go but I think my surprise package has to be Real Madrid because they are joint best in the league at the moment and I feel like Madrid actually everyone had written Madrid off because of how they started the season they started the season very poorly and a lot of people expected that Real Madrid wouldn't even be contenders at the moment but I feel like they're actually doing well because they are tied at 31 points with Barcelona winning 9 games during the same time with Barcelona having 10 wins but I feel one will have to leave the other I think it's the third week of December when they'll be the El Clasico and I think that's when we will really get to know who the real contender of the title will be but i feel like so far it's it's a tight race which extends all the way from the title race all the way to the top 4 because it's very tight having getafe valencia atletico madrid bilbao and sociedad and sevilla so it's like a whole contingent of teams uh, having just a difference of three points between them so i think it's very tight at the moment uh i owe real madrid success to one man current benzema he's resurrected yeah i actually feel like benzema's progress i'm sorry to say this but i feel like benzema's progress was always hindered by cristiano ronaldo because ever since ronaldo left real madrid we've been able to see a whole new reincarnated Benzema because he's putting in goals every weekend he's actually I don't know where Real Madrid will be without him at the moment uh when we go to the list of the top scorers we can see again Karim Benzema is the top scorer of the La Liga mm-hmm. with 10 goals and 4 assists which is a good number for him at at this stage of the competition then seconded by Lionel Messi which we expect him to be even the top scorer by now but mm-hmm. he had an injury so I would excuse that for him mm-hmm. he has nine goals and five assists yeah. and there's Moreno who has eight goals and two assists and then there's a surprise package here <laughs> Lucas Perez the, the guy the Arsenal flop yeah uh. I feel Wenger should have been patient with the guy because mm-hmm. he was a real deal they even called him the next Vardy while signing him mm-hmm. we were so excited as arsenal fans to have him in our team and now i see him running the show in la liga and 
kind of feel bad because we don't have him but mm-hmm. he's putting a good show for Alaves with eight goals and two assists and that brings me back again to the issue of Arsenal and Manchester United because I feel like it's not more of the players but more of the systems I think these two clubs don't have a working system whereby a player can flourish in whatever they do because for a club like Manchester United we get good players are coming to the club and they don't perform as they were performing in the previous clubs i'm talking about the likes of maguire and wanbisaka who are very good so i think manchester united and arsenal actually have to work on their systems because that's why we are seeing stories like lucas perez going back to la liga and rejuvenating his career oh, all over again the yeah. likes of chris smalling going to to rome and actually smalling is being talked as one of the best defenders at the moment because he's doing very 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 good at Roma and look at Lukaku right now banging goals for fans he has 10 goals at the moment while he, while he was at united he wasn't able to get the same numbers or something close to that because he's got 10 goals at the moment and we have we have not even played half of the season yet i i like lukaku a lot you guys complained a lot that he's not the type of sprinting forward that you guys wanted to complement with marshall and rashford but to me i like lukaku very much but mm-hmm. again the main point is lukaku can't lead the line alone lukaku yeah, has he, to have he needs a, a support system Yeah, like a second striker or Lukaku can play well as a second striker just like Giroud can play in the French national team. Mm-hmm. So, like we said the recruitment systems at Manchester United and Arsenal they just need some refurbishment because you can't expect to lose Lukaku and Alexis Sanchez at one window and then you are led by youngsters like Greenwood and Rashford and Marshall that's why there's some few goals in the Premier League for Manchester United but again just feels like they should concentrate on more of the future like have a long-term player they have a long-term plans for a player so that every season that player is just like Look at Barcelona. They bought Suarez and they still have him on board even if sometimes he doesn't score as much as they would wish him to just because he knows the chemistry of the team. Mm-hmm. So when Manchester United and Arsenal are signing players they should look at how the players integrate with with the other players and form a chemistry. And speaking of chemistry of teams there's one man in Italy who seems to have gotten the right chemistry to keep Inter Milan on top of the table for the first time this season and that man's name is none other than Antonio Conte. I think Inter Milan have been very wonderful this season. I think they've only lost one match and that was against their their arch rivals Juventus. Yeah yeah yeah. Yes and I think Antonio Conte is doing an exceptional job at Inter Milan. They are currently on top of the table with 37 points. Uh, they have f- uh, 5 wins in 5. And how do you see? Do you see like this is will be the 
that season that Inter Milan will get to win the Scudetto again? Uh, it's kind of hard in the uh, in the Serie. It's a Juventus thing mm-hmm. uh, to me. Uh, Napoli has been there. They have been contending very well, and for like two seasons they were second to Juventus for long till like the thirtieth game of the league, but. It's always a sad story to mm-hmm. see Juventus consistent enough to carry on till they have their legs in their hands. So it's tricky for Inter Milan. Last season they had a good run and they actually had Icardi there who was performing very well. Mm-hmm. But at some point they lost grip. So mm-hmm. to me I feel they'll still lose grip in this towards the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I actually feel I actually have to congratulate Antonio Conte because I love how a disciplinarian of a man he is because he came in, he decided who he wants to stay, who he wants to leave, and that's why the likes of Raja Nyangola and the likes of Mauro Icardi despite them being very good players, Antonio Conte decided, you know what? It's time for me to release this guy so that I can also have time for myself to build a team that I want and it has only taken him a very short time to change how Inter Milan play. They play a different game altogether from what they used to to do last season. So I think I really have to congratulate uh, this man a lot. He also works very well with injuries at the moment they have almost four midfielders out the likes of Sensi the likes of Nicolo Barella but whoever comes into that midfield I think Brozovic will be able to handle the midfield well at the moment uh, until the rest of the guys t- uh, come back but I think the man of the moment so far I, at the Serie A has to be Letaro Martinez and Romelu Lukaku because those two guys have been able to form such a wonderful partnership uh, on top of the uh, on top and right now i think both of them are among the top scorers at the league at the moment because they are very they are doing very very well scoring goals uh, assisting each other's goals and i think their their chemistry and their partnership will be very essential if inter milan are to win anything this season uh talking of the man of the moment in the Serie I think to me the man of the moment in the Serie is Ciro Immobile. Mm-hmm. Uh the guy is just the Lewis Hamilton of the Serie. <laughs> True. Yeah, he's running right 17 goals in mm-hmm. 14 games that's mm-hmm. a return of one goal per game mm-hmm. plus some extras. And then he also has five assists mm-hmm. which are the most assists in the Serie tied with Gomez and Nainggolan mm-hmm. for the assists so 17 goals and 5 assists that's a very good return in 14 games that means that 22 goals he's contributed in 22 goals in 14 games that's crazy the, the, those, those are actually wonderful stats and i also i always feel like Ciro Immobile has been 
uh, a very underrated striker for a very long time. I think sure, sure. the other day, if not the start of the season or the or the tail end of last season, he was also able to to get past their 100 mark goals for Lazio in a record time for the club. So I think Immobile is a very good is a very good striker. And also speaking of Immobile, Lazio are also doing very very well at the moment as they are third uh, on the Serie A table having a form similar to that of Inter Milan with the five wins on the bounce. And I actually feel like they always just lose it somewhere during the the season because they always uh, they always have these good runs in between the season. They have good players like of Savage. I think uh, Lucas Leiva is also doing very well ever since uh, leaving Liverpool for Lazio. So I think and I hope that Maybe this season they can be able to uh, do well and maybe pin a Champions League spots towards the end of the season. Yeah, for Lazio, they have six wins in six mm-hmm. in the Serie A, and yeah. that's a good return. Mm-hmm. But as I said, consistency is the key. That's why Juventus wins the Serie A because they're so consistent. Yeah. Then uh, when we go to the Bundesliga, can see the man himself, Lewandowski, uh-huh. is doing pretty good, but his team is not good enough because they are currently fourth in the league with uh, from 13 games. They have 23 points. That's five points adrift of number one which is Borussia Mönchengladbach. And talking of that, the prim- uh, the Bundesliga is tight. The difference between number one, number two, number three, and number four is just four points. So, And also Dortmund is close in fifth. So that's a difference of five points for the from the number one to the number five. So the... Title race for the Bundesliga is pretty tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel and I feel like it's a wave all over Europe. I think it's not just in Bundesliga alone because just apart from Liverpool alone, who are actually running riot at the moment, all the other tables are actually very close. And I feel it's because of the financial might that most clubs are able to possess nowadays. So you find like. It's not like in the past where Bayern Munich, Manchester United, Barcelona, Real Madrid or Juventus were the only club that were able to attract big names and get big names. But nowadays clubs like Leipzig, clubs like West Ham, clubs like Monaco can be able to sign 40 million, 50 million worth of players. And I feel they are also becoming very competitive at the moment and you find like these clubs are not afraid of the big clubs anymore because they also want to be put on the same table with the big with the other big clubs so i feel that's why that explains why the gap between the first club at the bundesliga and the sixth club which is sc freiburg it's only 6 points so i feel like these clubs are actually becoming better and better because seeing a club like bayern munich losing to bayer leverkusen at home i think that's very shocking uh, for the top scorers, we see Lewandowski with 16 goals in 13 games. That's crazy to me, but he always scores goals for fun. 
Then we also see Timo Arena mm-hmm. who has 13 goals and 5 assists. That's a good return also. Then Hennings is dad with 10 goals. Uh but overall the title race we kind of all know how it ends because <laughs> Bayern Munich uh-huh. will finally regain their spot uh-huh. in one way or the other they've done these mm. countless times mm-hmm. yeah so let's go let's jump to the league one mm-hmm. uh the league one we see PSG PSG is at the top of the table mm-hmm as expected they they have 33 points from 14 games with two games in hand uh it's not a fun league for me to watch a lot because <laughs> uh PSG always runs right so there's no serious contender there Marcel's uh, Marcel is second with 31 points from 16 games mm-hmm. and Bordeaux is third with 26 points from 16 games and mm-hmm. Lille is for the 25 points from 16 games. Mm-hmm. Uh when we look at the list of the top scorers, we would expect Mbappe to be top there but due to injuries he hasn't clicked and scored goals but there's Musa Dembele who has 10 goals and he's always phenomenal yes. wherever he goes and always linked to big clubs every transfer window yeah uh we thought he would come to the premier league after transferring from celtic but shock on us he went to <laughs> olympic lyonne yeah. and now we have benyeda benyeda is actually an exciting player from his time in sevilla he wouldn't shine a lot in la liga He tried his best, especially he ran riot against Manu. Yeah, yeah, in the was it in the Champions League? Yeah, it was yeah. in the Champions League in Mourinho's season, but yeah. he's now second with nine goals and one assist. Then we have Diallo who has nine goals. Then we have Osimhen who has eight goals and three assists. And then closely fifth we have the man himself memphis depay <laughs> yeah he's just a showman that's why i would expect him to be even the top scorer and there's one surprise package here who's slimani mm-hmm. i remember he was a flop in leicester yeah yeah but now here we can see him with six goals and eight assists yeah. wow 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 eight assists at the top are the top number of assists in the in the league one and coming from a striker it's kind of crazy to me actually i actually call the french league one the league of flops because i actually feel i always feel like it's the perfect place for someone to go and rejuvenate his his career because i feel like it's not a very hard league or it's it's always like very easy to play in the french league one so that's why you find players like actually they are very good players at the moment not that they were bad before but these are players who their previous things were not able to work on their previous on their previous clubs look at the guys like memphis depay look at the guys like slimani benyeda 
even angle di maria because he was not able to have a good spell at manchester united and in one way or the other he found himself at psg even icardi icardi just chose to to go to to go to the to the french league one and is actually doing very very well at the moment even the the paris saint germain coach uh, thomas tuchel has actually come out to speak how he's having a very terrible time having to choose who has to start on that front line because he's spoiled of choices with Neymar with Kylian Mbappe with uh, Icardi and even Angel Di Maria because all these players are very good cl- players on their day they are all world class players but just coming to to decide who will start this match who will start who, or who will not start on that match it's, it's very tricky for him but All in all I always feel like the league one is just a straightforward league. So Paris Saint-Germain will just win the league <laughs> always. So whoever decides to to run a riot and maybe chase them I think it would just be be a race of someone trying to shoot you with a gun on the other one with an arrow. So I think PSG will just win the league at the end of the day. Yeah, sorry to hear that The league one is a league of flops. Thankfully <laughs> you didn't say that in French. They all like, killed you. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah, so uh another news the Efedro was just done uh, the other day. Yeah. So and these are some of the fixtures. So Arsenal will host Leeds at the Emirates while Wigan Athletic will travel to the King Power Stadium to face Leicester FC. Yep. While Manchester City will face League One side Portville, while Manchester United <laughs> have been given a draw with their worst nightmare, which has to be Wolves, because they eliminated them in the last season's campaign. While Chelsea uh, will host Nottingham Forest at the Stamford Bridge, and Liverpool will have a Merseyside derby. And I think this is one of the on the of the matches to watch on this FA Cup third round while Tottenham will travel all the way to Middlesbrough to host them for the FA third round and i have a question kelvin yeah why is it that people feel me included that man city tend to get easy draws year in year out because most of the time they are always drawn against league 1 teams league 2 teams and champion teams and championship teams uh to cap on that I feel like it's just a draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me it's just a draw. It feels bad that they always get easy teams, but <laughs> I don't know who who's behind the draw. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you for being with us uh, for that little time that uh, it was much time but it always feels little while discussing the greatest sport in the world which has to be football. So until next time from me Daniel Majani and me Kelvin Mwangi. Keep it sporty and keep it the Sports Freaks podcast. Thank, Thank you and goodbye. He's got room now. It's Leo Messi. 1-1. Now the touch to the ball in for one.